solves everything, where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person, then I met these folks. Wow. Hey everybody, welcome to Heather Solves Everything. You made it to the show where we are changing the world one problem at a time. I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. We're solving problems and each week my guests and I talk about the everyday problems of life, how they have creative solutions and how you can tap into your unique strengths to be a problem solver too. Now, if I say the words midlife crisis, what comes to mind? I always think of a man buying a sports car or a woman splurging on plastic surgery, which is probably inspired by my watching soap operas with my mom when I was a kid. But a midlife crisis is usually portrayed as a bad thing. But does it have to be? I believe that a midlife crisis can be a lot of fun if you do it right. My guest today is here to answer my questions about how to make your midlife crisis a lot of fun. Diane Presley is my guest today. She is a licensed clinical social worker with over 10 years of experience in private practice. She is the owner of Believe, Hope, Inspire Wellness Services. You can find her at believehopeinspire.com. She works with individual adults and couples using a strength Based perspective to guide them to live more fully as the main character in their life story. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't you like to be the main character in your life story? She uses the Gottman Method couples therapy, including working with couples through traumas and affairs, healing those wounds. She has the skills to help couples use counseling methods proven through over 40 years of research. Sometimes you just need a new perspective and a few new skills that can help you communicate better and feel closer. She lives here in Tallahassee with her husband, her daughter, and her son-in-law and grandchildren. She likes traveling, trying new things. She might have even had what... Some people might consider a midlife crisis. We'll find out. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you for having me, Heather. I'm very excited about being here. Are you ready to solve some problems? Absolutely, girl. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> Okay, so I titled this episode, How to Have a Midlife Crisis. I want to talk about the phenomenon of what we consider to be middle age. When I was younger, I thought 40 was old because people made jokes about it being over the hill. But now that I'm well past 40, I see things a little differently. What do you consider to be midlife for the people who who work with you when, when they start to feel like change is happening in their life? Do you see any patterns Right. I think that, like you said, culturally, we all have our idea of midlife. And so what I find so fascinating in my office is people can come into my office in their 30s and feel like they're having a midlife crisis. Right. So we, we define midlife as so differently now because 
the way access to therapy, the way people begin to really um, figure out who they are much sooner, decide whether they want to do things differently or not. So it's no longer so much, okay, you're 40, you got some wrinkles going, you've kind of plateaued out in your career. We define midlife as success. We hit a plateau. Maybe we're not moving any further in that. Or the culture has told us that we're becoming irrelevant we're not keeping up with technology. Things are moving too fast. We feel like we're sitting on the sidelines. So there's a whole bunch of definitions of midlife, you know, whether it's the TikTok version you know, <laughs> or the Facebook version or the whatever it is that we start looking at, you know, where we are compared to other people at different phases of our life. That's a really good distinction is looking at where we are compared to other people. That's so many times a catalyst for change. And I want to make a distinction today because we're talking about midlife crisis, but I'm putting crisis in quotation marks in some way because we're going to be exploring the dynamic relationships of change and different ways that we can explore new phases of life. But if you feel that you are in a crisis. I encourage you to reach out for help. We're surrounded by resources that are available to help and support you. And you deserve that. So if it feels like life is crisis for you right now, please reach out for help. Now, I think of midlife crisis as being a time for discovery, transformation, and adventure. That might just be my like adventure seeking personality but what do you see as some of the classic signs that somebody's ready for change in their life i think the word that comes across more often when people walk in my office is you know i don't really have anything necessarily wrong i just feel i just feel bored i feel mm. trapped in my life i feel like all i ever do is wait for somebody to need something or to call for on me to help them with something I'm bored, I'm restless, I find not, not motivated, I'm not happy with different parts of my life. I, I shouldn't be. I just, I know I've got every, but I'm just, and I don't even know what it is I want differently. I'm just restless and mm. discontent. It sounds to me like um, a lack of purpose. Feeling right. a lack of purpose. The question comes up a lot, is this, is this it? Like, <laughs> is this I got more years of just this. I mean, isn't there more than this? And what's your response? Mm -hmm. The response is how much more do you want? Mm. Right? How much bigger? What if you tricked one thing? What would be one thing you might try? What would be one thing that you, you've got on your bucket list somewhere? You don't have to throw out like all of it. But if we're trapped, if we feel restless, if we feel, you know, like we don't like the role we're playing with people anymore then wow, why not unpack some options, right? And just see if you added something or took something away, would that settle things down a bit for you or bring some more joy or excitement in for you? I love the concept of unpacking some options because mm -hmm. you don't have to commit to anything. You're just evaluating what could be. Exactly. And I tell people, you know, you don't have to run off with Sven, the pool boy, <laughs> to find change. You can just start with, you know, a little bit of small steps, yeah. you know, in better communicating your relationship or talking about your needs a little bit more. You don't have to chuck it all. Right. 
to make some changes. I would probably think that would be um, a bigger change than people realize that they want <laughs> okay. to take off. Exactly. So let's do baby steps. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you've got until, it's, <laughs> until you've chucked it out the window and wish you could get it back. So let's just consider other options that might not upend everything. So I can imagine somebody coming and talking to you and, and saying, I just feel like there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder if there's also uh, people who come who are feeling um, like they're stuck in a rut or they might even be feeling hopeless. They might be um, feeling like they want to to make a change and they're not sure where to start mm-hmm. um, or they feel like change is happening um, and they're not sure how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know whether or they're ready for change. How can you help people identify how ready they are for either the changes that are happening in their life or the changes they're thinking about? Well, what I always start people with um, is to wrap this whole exploring, this whole curiosity, this whole kind of way of of considering options in this emotion of self-compassion. Just be compassionate to yourself. Everybody goes in one direction for a while and then tries to hustle, tries to make it work, tries to fit it in, tries to be everything to everybody. And you just get so tired sometimes and you get exhausted and you get feeling really kind of disillusioned or unhappy with the role you're playing. So first of all, it's like almost like, come on, let's let's do a group hug here and be easy on yourself. Are you saying that we're a little too hard on ourselves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the American way, right? (laughs) It's like try a little harder, stand up a little taller, you know, speak a little louder. Um, Do a little more. Do a little more. Or a lot more. Yeah. What are you complaining about? You've got it pretty good, right? That's something that I really want to explore later in the show is what are you complaining about? You've got it pretty good. Or like you said earlier, I shouldn't feel this Mm -hmm. way. Guys, if you're listening and that sounds like you, stay tuned because we're going to talk about how to get over the guilt of actually enjoying your life and being happy with the changes you've created. This episode is all about recognizing when you're ready for change and making it happen, unpacking the possibilities, looking at some options. I'm Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. And I'm going to be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather, and I'm so excited to announce that my book is ready for you to pre-order. It's called Happy Healthy You, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. I wrote this book because the healthy living to-do list is short and simple. Eat healthy, exercise, get some rest, and don't stress out. But knowing and doing are two different things, so help is here. We're going to explore how to understand your values and priorities, set boundaries, create a true vision for your life, and enjoy the benefits of healthy living right now. It's a 52-week guide, your path to finding a healthy lifestyle that suits your unique needs. Each entry includes a story with inspiration and advice, as well as a journaling prompt, 
weekly assignment, and reflection questions. I can't wait for you to read it. It'll be in stores May 2022, but you can pre-order it now wherever books are sold. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. And today we are solving the problem, if you consider it a problem, of midlife crisis. Should we even call it a crisis if we're having fun? I think that it can be fun. I think that at any time of life, you can decide to bring in transformation and change. And my guest agrees with me. I'm sitting here today with Diane Presley. She is the owner of Believe, Hope, Inspire Wellness Services. She's a licensed clinical social worker, and she is an expert on bringing in options for change. Before the break, we were talking about how to identify when we're ready for change or that we are maybe only ready to think about change, maybe ready to look at options. And I think that there's always a place where you know. I think there's a click on some level. And I think people call it different things. But for me, I feel like there's just like this heart knowledge. And I don't know about you guys, but as we come to the end of the year, beginning of a new year, for some people, that is a time to think about new year, new me, right? transformation. When thinking about the future, sometimes the beginning of the year feels like I'm going to change everything. I'm going to have a new life. I'm never going to do these stupid things that I've been doing. And it's just straight and narrow from here on out. Have you heard that before, Diane? Oh, yes. A few times. Yes. <laughs> I've said it to myself yeah, a few me times, too. right? Me too. So when you start to hear people talking about wanting big life change, transformation, new life. What do you recommend thinking or considering before jumping into something really, really different? Well, as much as I hear that saying, I'm ready for something, I doesn't, I'm just going for it all this year, this is going to be my year, is that when you say, when you ask someone, okay, what specifically are you hoping to change you want to you're here do you want to go there what what specifically and you get sometimes this kind of deer in the headlights like well I don't know be healthier I'm <laughs> like okay that's a great start so for me in the beginning of this process it's drilled down to some details mm-hmm. you know really be specific mm-hmm. um, if it's that you know you want to be healthier okay let's go with that what would that look like for you if you're not a person that realistically, if you hate the gym, if you're you just absolutely cringe every time you think about it, then maybe being healthier is not going to the gym, but it's moving a little bit more joining a dance club or taking a dance lesson or going bowling or skating or something that you might actually move more and do and not feel bad about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. later on that you look around and you do, don't look like everybody else there. I have that a lot with my clients of um, of discovering what sounds like fun mm-hmm. and starting there, and you know, talking about you know what 
getting away from what you should be doing and towards what is curious what you're curious about and away from what everybody you don't have to go toward what everybody else is doing you don't have to look around and see well she's got it together so I think I'll do what she does well it doesn't always it just doesn't work that way for long-lasting changes it's that hey have you always wanted to uh, play softball or um, be, take tennis lessons you know, do something that's individually yours because when this time of midlife opportunity, right, mm -hmm. midlife ways of transformation, if there's always been this dream, now's the time to put it into reality. If as a, as a high schooler, you always wanted to make the tennis team and you never did and that's something still on your list, it's not too late. Take that tennis lesson. Meet those people who like to play tennis. Branch out and do something different. One small thing at a time. But your way. You know, not trying to model how somebody else does it or be as good as one thing that you really don't like. <laughs> if you're not a gym rat, you're never going to be one. <laughs> right. So find out what your thing is and really focus in on the parts of that that you want to learn and grow and develop in your life. I read once that when people, on the average, make a big career change midlife, that many times they end up doing something related to what they wanted to be when they were a kid. Absolutely what I mean, for sure. Mm -hmm. And it might not be the, the literal translation of, I wanted to be a firefighter, and now I'm a firefighter, but being able to see the essence of what that represented to you at that time of your life and then being able to to bring in caretaker provider protector mm -hmm. you know or you know working in the field you know working with people and, and being able to connect back to what you were really passionate and excited about when you were a kid and that's transforming from within it's saying i always had this dream or i always was told i was good at this I really want to develop that, right? Those changes that come from within based on your own dreams and goals and desires and wish I had done that, right? Those are things that are going to stick with you and you're going to grow and feel so much more present in your life, so much more aware of who you are, expanding your circle of people. Like that in, it, that in itself, Rather than going around to see what everybody else is doing that you're not doing and comparing yourself to them, it is what's that unmet need? What's that dream that you always had that maybe now is the time that you can, again, not in huge big ways, but just in small steps, start to maybe volunteering in the area that you always had an interest in or starting a conversation with someone who's already doing it. It's those small personal ways that we really get in touch with what's missing in us not in the success that somebody else wants to assign to us it's what what have i always wanted to be or do or know or feel i think that it's really significant to notice how just a little bit of that makes such a difference you don't have to turn your life upside down you don't have to find a completely different career you don't have to find a completely different partner you can just infuse different areas of your, you know, passion, you know, points, your your purpose points into your life. And a little bit goes a long way. Right. And that's what I tell people sometimes, especially in the area of being unhappy at work or in their career. 
I'm like, if if that's the the sometimes you have to take the posture. Life begins at five. <laughs> like whatever, I'm gonna find something and start building into my outside of work life. Some of the things that I really enjoy and love and do. At some point, I may see how those grow and develop and get stronger in those relationships go. So I can begin to move away from something that's kind of had its season mm-hmm. or played its role. Not that it was terrible. It just says you've outlived it or outgrown it into something that's much more passionate. But in small steps like that, in yeah. ways that, and again, you're fine-tuning it. You're being curious through this whole process. With all these positive emotions, I tell my clients, add this to the process. Compassion. Be good to yourself. Be kind. Be gentle. Don't be, be harsh with yourself, right? And this idea of exploring and curiosity. Hey, what? If, give it a try. You might think it's one thing, and as you get into it, you realize, eh, I scratched that itch pretty easy. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's now I'm going to go in this direction. Yeah. There's no right or wrong in transformation. There's no pass or fail. There's explore, explore, explore. Be curious. Try it out. Sometimes change shows up without us inviting it. And especially midlife, careers can end abruptly. Relationships can end without our son turning our key. Mm -hmm. What is your advice when change shows up and we're not ready? That is a huge, again, COVID, all of this that we've all been through, everything's been, so many things upended in so many ways that people have decided, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Or, you know, you get a diagnosis or you get a call or something shows up on a test somewhere. And so all of those things are absolute possible, (laughs) possibilities, no matter what age we're at. When those things come from the outside to us and at us, that's where it's so important that that we now, before that happens, right, to get ahead of those things or in the midst of it, again, always self-compassion, always be gentle, get grounded, get grounded in that. Like, we're always going to do best when we return back to our values and to getting ourselves grounded. So if our character is to, and our values and the way we would normally process information is usually by ourselves or kind of, we just have to get back to who we are Mm -hmm. and stand before we can react. We're going to dig into that a lot more when we come back from the break, because understanding our values and, and what our core foundation is, is where we start to build. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with my guest, Diane Presley. And we are going to be right back after the break. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Hey, everybody. 
Welcome back to Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and I am here with my guest, Diane Presley. She is such a cool lady, y'all. She has the answers to all of my questions about what to do when change shows up in the middle of your life, and you're not exactly sure if you're ready for it or what to do about it or how to get things going in the direction that you want your life to be. Before the break, we talked about times when change shows up and you might not be ready. It might be a diagnosis. It might be a job change. It might be a relationship change. It might be a sudden loss. And that being able to return to our values can help us to be able to cope with that. And I wonder, Diane, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, I think that, like I mentioned before, Heather, it's that idea of just kind of standing. When change comes externally, we didn't ask for it. We didn't plan it. We didn't, um, you know, step forward into it. It just hits us right from nowhere that, that there's so many emotions. There's so many emotions. There's anger and there's sadness. There's all those stages of bargaining and denial, all those stages of grief where we have a million questions and we don't know what to do next and we don't know where to go and we don't know how to, how to even take one step. Well, I say don't right then. Just stand. And if you can't stand, sit and just kind of get grounded and gather your thoughts about things. You know, making sure that you're present with those feelings and that you're sitting in a, in a safe place where those feelings can swirl around and yet you know you're okay. You know, if that's alone, that's one way to think about it. Preferably it's in a partnership with somebody who loves you and that you love and that can just sit with you in that moment and be with you get grounded stand before you try to walk in all of it what would be your response if somebody comes to you and says i don't know what my values are mm, okay never had an opportunity to really think about what are my values what do i return to i know that that when i do value based work i like to think about personal values as kind of like your life deal breakers. Like, I'm not willing to live without this. You know, or these are elements that I, that I always admire in others and, and want to foster in my relationships. And so, for example, um, honesty right. is a real value. And, and knowing that I'm in honest conversations. Um, loyalty. Uh, sometimes it's a faith-based value. What are some examples of ways that people can come back to their center in that way? And I think when we're talking about changes that come at us, right, from the outside, that those values can show up in a lot of ways. It can be in our language. You know, are we, are we a people who are careful with our words? We, um, we don't just blast and come out in, in forcefully with the emotions that we have going on right now are we a person of integrity that says 
this has been taken, so I'll take something else, right? I'll mm-hmm. just grab this. I'll go after what I need. If we, if we really react to changes that are coming at us based on those core needs, we know that our integrity guides the decisions that we make from that point. You mentioned loyalty. If there's a change that has happened that there's an opportunity to take a side in, we'll be careful in that process of not playing the middle. We'll be careful in making sure that how we walk through this, that we're true to that idea of being loyal, be having integrity, being careful with our words, um, being not being a person who has poor boundaries and just lets everybody in to talk about what's going on with us. You know, that, that those kinds of ways that we do stressors from the outside that come at us. We talk about it a lot with couples is that you got to have a ritual of how you handle outside stressors that come to you. And that can be as an individual or as a couple. When something happens unexpected, I'm quiet for a while. I'm going to sit to figure out what I think about this before I get on the phone and start calling everybody I mm-hmm. know. Right. How do we decide how we move through changes from the outside and stressors that come? Because it comes in all kinds of different shapes and forms. Right. So when we have a ritual of this is what happens when I get knocked around, whoever it is that does it, whatever it is, this is how I do this. And when I say return back to the values, we return back to, oh, here's another time where something happened from the outside. I didn't create and I didn't invite. This is how I do this. This is on the list of how to have a midlife crisis. Deciding ahead of time what your response is when unexpected changes show up so that you don't have to sit in that frazzled, noisy, confusing place, but that you can immediately come to a place of being centered with yourself, returning to your values and and being true to what you know, who you know you are. I know that sometimes we feel that change is necessary. We might feel strongly that change is needed, but there's resistance somewhere in our life. Either it's lack of support from our partner or family members or other circumstances that are um, holding us back or standing in the way of change. How can we create change within or in spite of those types of circumstances? Okay, and I think it goes back to the very first segment where we talked about know specifically what it is you want to change because people can hear us better when we are calm, we are confident in the message that we're sending, and we can do it consistently and deliver that message consistently. The hardest part sometimes is being having a message, a change, an ask that you want or a change that you want to make and being confident that we have the right to ask for that or to state that so clearly. So it can be, hey, I, and again, apologizing, kind of taking responsibility for changing everything. So, hey, I know that I normally do carpool on Wednesdays at 6, but I'm going to take a boxing class instead next term. So I'm really not going to be able to play that role anymore. I'm really sorry. I know I'm changing everything up. I really apologize for how this is going to be, but that's what the next, the next quarter, the next, next month, that's what I'm going to be doing. If someone calls and say, hey, you got, you got pickup duty? No, remember I told you I'm not going to do that. 
remember I told you specifically, I'm not sorry. I know that it's causing problems. There I go again. But remember I told you. Mm-hmm. So you're calm, you're confident in the change that you're going to make. You're consistent in setting that boundary and keeping it going. And that can be in that formula works for almost anything. That's the type of thing that is really helpful to practice yes. with somebody before you have to do it live in prime time. You know, and it might feel silly, but it but get a friend who will practice this with you so that you can each have a turn of saying those words and and having them be part of your vernacular so that when it comes time to say them in the moment, you're ready. And you can do that confidently and create those boundaries. And be, be realistic, the expectation that you are going to get resistance. Mm-hmm. You are going to get some pushback, right? You're going to get somebody who says, well, that doesn't work for me. What am I supposed to do now? How can, that's not fair, right? And in those, again, I know it's hard. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm changing up everything. That self-compassion that we talk about, extend that to the person that you're you're making the change with you know it's hard for them and those that resistance they'll get better at it as you get more consistent at it if you start waffling don't tell you somebody going to make a change and then back up Mm -hmm. because from then on you're going to have a harder time next time making them believe you right Mm -hmm. you know there are times when uncertainty can also be um, an opportunity to be excited about something do you have advice for when there are times of uncertainty, how you can generate excitement for what could be? In the in your relationships with mm-hmm. other people? Right. It's those small ways that you, we don't celebrate very well as a country, our own individual, or, you know, we just don't celebrate each other enough, in my opinion. And so really learning how to celebrate yourself in the language that you share with other people, right? It can be a really tough thing to go, oh, we can't brag, I can't brag about that. I can't, you know, I don't wanna toot my own horn, but everybody should have a couple of people that they can brag on themselves 100% to and everybody's cheering and on your side. Oh my gosh, that's the perfect segue into our next segment. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about how to get over feeling bad about liking your life. It's Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm right here with Diane Presley, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Welcome back, everybody. This is Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. And today, we're solving how to have a midlife crisis. Would you like to have one? 
You might after you hear these tips. I'm here with my guest, Diane Presley. She is a licensed social worker and therapist here in Tallahassee. And you know what? She's got all of the answers. We have told this show how to have a midlife crisis. And so I'm going to give you guys a list, okay? I'm going to give you a to-do list. Here we go. Number one, know what you want. Know what specifically you want or where you'd like to start. What sounds fun for your first step? Keep your values at the core for those unexpected moments because change is going to show up when you aren't ready. Keep your values at the core. Communicate consistently with calm compassion to others and yourself. Setting those boundaries, recognizing that what you have decided to do might cause waves for somebody else. Not necessarily needing that to be a reason for you to change your mind, but just acknowledging that you're aware and then continuing to be compassionate with yourself when you respect that boundary for yourself. And now here we are at our fourth tip, enjoying the process and not feeling bad about it. Do you ever hear your clients talk about feeling like they should be happy with life or they feel like they shouldn't be as happy as they are? On both sides. Absolutely, Heather, on both sides. It's like um, that idea of what's what do I get? Do I have the right to do this? Mm, is it okay mm-hmm. if I want more than I have? Or is it okay if I am happy about the accomplishments that I'm making? Um, shouldn't I like wait for other people to catch up or say that it's okay before I do the next thing? No, 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 <laughs> all, all around no, right? It's that, again, d- when those changes that you want to make come from within you, from within your core values, we talked about in one segment, it's a, something you've always wanted to do or always wanted to try. Um, everyone, you are a better friend, a better partner, a better parent when you're fulfilled and when you're realizing all your potential. So, yes, should we want more? Absolutely. Because when we have more, when we want more, when we know more, we can do more. We can help more people. We can use that those skills in a way that expands our our reach to so many other people. So should we? It's like we absolutely have to dream bigger, take the next step, go beyond where we are because we owe it to ourselves first of all. And then we owe it to those people around us who can catch it and be inspired by it. That's the name of my business, Believe, Hope, Inspire. When you believe the truth about who you are, you can hope in a brighter future and then you can inspire other people with the changes that you're making. So absolutely, you know, that give our best self, you it, it grows us, it grows our influence in other people's lives, and it gives us the opportunity to inspire other people to do the same. A big part of my work with my um, with my clients is not only caring for our own needs and having that compassionate patience with ourself, but also looking for opportunities to clear the path for others mm-hmm. to be able to do the same thing. And I wonder, what are some of your tips for supporting others through their change process? I think that even everyday conversation, if we can begin to 
ask people, hey, how are you doing with that thing you wanted to try? Like, what, how's that going for you? Um, what are you celebrating this week, right? Is there something new that's going on with you? What's new with you? And really mean it and listen for the answer and validate that new thing and celebrate it and give a clap or two and say, that is amazing that you're doing that. When we open the door sometimes and we're good listeners to the answer and we validate and empathize, you know, show empathy for that person for how the struggle or how much it took to them to get there, then, I mean, that's contagious, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you open the door to ask about someone and you're, you really hold that with them and celebrate, you know, they go on and spread that to someone else. And before you know it, we have a pretty good little circle of cheerleaders for each other who celebrate. Celebrating is, I think, one of the gifts of midlife. Yes. Is you being able to be in a place where we can, we have a lot to celebrate. And we, I think, have a, a sense of more freedom to be able to do it. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from, really. But I know that the older I get, the more likely I am to celebrate and with the you go girl and you know give it a shot and I'm excited for you and I think that especially among women we can go through some real competitive um, phases in life and I, I find that as we get older it's more fun and it's easier and maybe less threatening to celebrate each other and to really just enjoy each other's accomplishments and be truly happy. And I think that's a byproduct of doing a lot of this individual, really figuring out who you are, what your values are, what's success for you. When I ask somebody, how will you know you got where you want to be? What's success for you? That's a really thought-provoking question, too. So when we get grounded in who we are, we can look at our neighbor and say, that is amazing. I, I like how that looks on you because we're not comparing Instagram posts or t TikTok videos. We are like really knowing what it took that person to get where they are. And we're not, we're not jealous. We're not falling short. We can be inspired. Hey, if she did it, maybe I can do it. So when we think about comparison, we think about looking around we know we're in a pretty good place when we begin to look around to find someone who's doing it really good so we can be inspired by them. It's truly one of the most fun things that I have allowed myself to do. Yeah, I used to really find myself being in a very comparison, kind of like locked in this comparison of like, how am I doing compared to other people? And I noticed a shift when I felt really solid about how I felt about how I was doing in life. And that liberated a, a part of me to be able to truly be happy for my friends and peers who were also doing great things because I felt good about what I was doing. Exactly. And you see, you, you really look for, your circle becomes those people who are doing that because you're grounded. Again, there are people that will cross our path that will see us, again, from that framework of, you know, well, she's got everything. Of course she could be happy, right? And instead of like kind of pushing those people aside, 
when we can be that person who draws out the good in that person or the potential in that person or just sits in the struggle with them in it for a minute, right? That person can again grow one step higher, one step take one step higher, one one inch taller, right? Mm-hmm. Stand taller. And before you know it, we're all moving in a direction that looks good on each one of us. I can imagine that some of our listeners out there are starting to have the gears turn of am I ready for change? Could I really bring that about? Remember, guys. In last week's episode about the value of solitude, I gave you some homework for creating a vision statement for your life. And one of those elements was making sure that it's realistic, that it's something that can actually happen in your life. Another one was thinking big, you know, really getting goosebumps, thinking about ways that you can participate with those small steps and you can just show up and get into the room. You don't have to be an expert. But Diane, do you have a final word for those who are wondering if they're ready to jump into change? Oh, absolutely. I found myself in the same position 10, 15 years ago. I worked for the federal government. I was pretty disillusioned with the whole thing. I wanted more. Um, I had a great retirement plan. Everybody had plans, right? Mm -hmm. I was doing this whole thing that everybody needed me to do. And I just began to explore options. And I just began to walk myself through the process that we're talking about right here, where I decided took an early retirement. I kind of parked my retirement somewhere and started back to school. Bachelor's degree, master's degree, you know, I did, we do like a residency, like a licensure process. So two years in supervision. So, you know, five years later, six years later, I had transformed my life into one that I fit better in and that really represented my values and who I am. It was a process to talk about. I remember my husband said, so you're, let me see, you're quitting the federal job to be a social worker that you might make 15 bucks an hour starting out. Oh, okay. Like it took some of that, like, (laughs) let me just make sure I understand this, right? But again, when I could cast the vision of where I want to be, which is what I'm doing today, he's like, if that's what you need, let's go. So it's, it's being willing to know what it is, talk about it, right? Work hard. It was a lot of school at 46 years old, right? It was a Mm -hmm. lot of new things and being back in a classroom and all of those things. But it all starts with just taking, I just took one social work class. Just take a class. It starts with curiosity mm-hmm. about what could what could be. Mm-hmm. And once you start to light that spark and, and see where it goes, just continue to look at the options. Mm-hmm. One class at a time, one semester at a time, you know, one one step at a time. That's how it happens, guys. It doesn't have to be a crisis. It can be a celebration. How to Have a Midlife Crisis. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. Thank you, Diane, for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Heather. This was wonderful. Well, guys, we are out of time for today, but tune in next week for another episode of Heather Solves Everything. And you always know the podcast edition of our show is available on Monday mornings. Stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Heather Solves Everything. And do you have a problem to solve? Visit heathersolveseverything.com and click on Solve My Problems. We'll get it done together. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything.
status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes. 